This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two Four Thousand Dollars. What on earth does all that mean? said Captain Boonsby, rising with difficulty from his chair and walking towards the front door. I'm sure I don't know, I replied. I saw Nick leap over the counter as though he had found a moccasin snake behind it. Don't say nothing about moccasins here, for you scared my wife out of her seven senses once afore, said the captain savagely as he stopped and looked at me. He had set a trap to have such a snake bite me in his house, but I was not thinking of that when I named the venomous reptile. This event, and the quantity of his own vile fluids he consumed, made him sensitive on the subject of snakes. I was afraid he would soon see more of them than he could manage. What made Nick run out so quick? And what did Peveril follow him for without paying for his liquor? Continued Captain Boonsby, when he had properly admonished me in regard to the snake. I don't know, sir, I replied. Who was the man that followed Nick? That was Peveril. Who is Peveril, I asked. What does he do? He is the messenger, I believe they call him, of the First National Bank of Florida. That explains it all, then, I added, beginning to understand the situation. I don't see nothing. What explains it all? demanded the captain testily. Peveril had a package when he came in. He put it on the counter before he poured out his dram, I explained. When Nick went over the counter, the package was gone. If Peveril is the messenger of a bank, I have no doubt the bundle contained money in banknotes. Creation! You don't! But what made Nick go over the bar so like a hopper grass? exclaimed the saloon keeper. I don't know why. I can only understand what I saw. If Nick's got that bundle of money, he's smart, added Captain Boomsby. Do you think it was smart to steal it, Captain? I asked mildly. How bag a package was it, Sandy? replied my tyrant, turning away from the moral question. It was at least two inches thick. Creation! Then there ain't less than a thousand dollars in it. Let us hope that Nick did not take it, I added. Well, you go out, Sandy, and see where Nick's gone. I can't leave both bars without anybody to look out for him, for them niggers will come in here and steal the liquor as quick as they will chickens. I was interested to know the meaning of what I had seen in the saloon, and I went out into Bay Street. A crowd of men were rushing towards a narrow street leading down to the river. I followed them, and near the landing place of the Charleston steamers, I saw a colored policeman lay violent hands on the rough-looking person who had walked into the saloon, looked into the negro bar, and then retreated. Nick was on the spot, hatless and coatless, almost as soon as the policeman had grabbed his victim. Mr. Peveril was only a moment behind. 
by this time i had framed an explanation of what had transpired in the saloon which satisfied me for the moment whether it was correct or not while peveril was concocting his beverage and he had seemed to me to be very dainty and particular in the preparation of it he had almost turned his back upon the package on the counter i was not bestowing any particular attention upon the rough-looking visitor but i had seen him pass close by the bank messenger i conceded that he had snatched up the package on the counter and retreated with it from the saloon nick had either seen the man take the bundle or had discovered that it was missing no one could have taken it but the person who was passing out of the door on the impulse of the moment the young bartender had leaped over the counter to pursue the thief of course a crowd quickly collected around the robber and the policeman with nick and the messenger in the inner circle the bank official was very much excited and i judged that the package contained a considerable sum of money nick was hardly less disturbed i was interested enough to run all the way to the pier and work myself into the center of the crowd before it had become very compact that's just like you buckner said the policeman as soon as he could obtain breath enough to speak and he had not quite enough when he did speak i done caught you doin dat same thing before doin what thing you black spider demanded buckner who appeared to be greatly astonished as his arrest you done stole something protested the guardian of the peace what did you run for if you don't steal some i didn't steal anything i run because you rest of you did to find out what the matter was replied buckner stoutly what did i steal you black lazarus don't know what you told i pose this gentleman can tell you what you told replied the policeman turning to peveril he stole a package of bank bills i laid on the counter that is what he stole and there were four thousand dollars in the package too grasped the messenger did you see me take the package demanded buckner indignantly i did not but you were the only person that came into the saloon and left it while i was there replied peveril sharply and it was evident that he had no doubt at all in regard to the guilty person i didn't touch your package i didn't see any package i didn't go near you or even know you were in the saloon protested buckner vehemently i'm a poor man i know and it's hard enough for me to get a living but i never stole the value of a penny in my life but i saw him take it broke in nick with almost as much earnestness as buckner and peveril though he had no special interest in the animated discussion the moment he tried to get out of the saloon i jumped over the counter and went for him that's so added peveril with increasing energy but we are wasting time why don't you search your prisoner and get the package if he stole it he has the package now search me as you like buckner replied warmly search him overhaul him clean him out shouted the crowd who were working themselves up to a fervor heat over the case he's thrown it away before this time suggested nick he couldn't have thrown it away without someone seeing him do it replied peveril did any one see him throw it away 
no no shouted the bystanders i had seen buckner running down the middle of the narrow street with the officer nick peveril and others within a few feet of him it would have been almost impossible for him to get rid of the bundle in any way without being observed he might have thrown it into the river again suggested nick he done don't go within twenty yards ob de river and he done don't throw no package in de river when i don't see him dis child hab his four eyes open all de time added search him turn him inside out shouted the crowd again search me all you like cried buckner pulling at both of his pockets of his pants and throwing up his arms in readiness to submit to the operation i haven't got the package and i never saw it how big the package mr peveril asked the officer as he proceeded to examine the clothing of the prisoner it was the size of a bank bill and about two inches thick replied the messenger very anxiously i don't find nothing like that on dis yer prisoner said the officer when he had felt his man all over you won't find nothing if you search me all day and all night protested buckner and there was something like a proud dignity in his manner though he was not a good-looking man but it is possible to be honest without being handsome and rogues assumes virtues they do not possess certainly the valuable package was not concealed upon the person of buckner the only alternative was that he had thrown it away cast it into some hole or pitched it into the river there can't be no doubt that this man took the package from the counter for no one else came near me while i was in the saloon reasoned peveril whose vehemence had calmed down and given place to a deep anxiety i've said all i have to say and you can do what you like with me but i will make it hot for some of you before you see the end of this business said buckner doggedly i'm a poor man but i'm not to be trodden on any more than a nigger is by this time the crowd had scattered to make a search in the holes and in the water for the missing package what were you doing in the saloon asked the messenger in a mild tone i went in there to see if i could find a man to help me take up a couple of trunks to the st james replied buckner i looked into the nigger bar and then came out i saw there was a man at the front bar but i took no notice of him and i didn't see any package before you had reached the door this young man had jumped over the counter and was chasing you he was sure you had taken the package and no one else could have taken it added peveril warming up again but i didn't take it and that's all i have to say about it answered buckner decidedly i saw him take it repeated nick with emphasis he must have thrown it into the river the policeman led his prisoner away to the lock-up while all the rest of us followed up the search for half an hour the messenger said the bills were done up between two tin slabs of the size of the notes and enclosed in brown paper some searched on the pier and some went out in boats but no package could be found the search was given up and i went back to the saloon with nick and peveril captain boomsby's son told his father all about the affair from beginning to end he was putting the whiskey bottle back into its place under the counter 
when he heard Buckner's step as he approached the front door. He looked up and saw that the package was gone, and that the departing visitor had it. That was all he knew about it. But you said you saw Buckner take it, said Peveril. I saw him take it out of the saloon, Nick replied. The circumstances pointed very strongly, to say the least, to Buckner as the guilty one. I had learned all I wanted to know, and was trying to say good-bye to Captain Boomsby, when Peeks, the steward of the Sylvania, came into the saloon with a telegraphic dispatch in his hand. End of chapter